On this episode of Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast from Scoop News Group, inside the mind of Educause's new cybersecurity and privacy director. This is Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast. Every other Tuesday, we dive deep with decision makers on what's next in higher ed IT and online learning. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Educause, the association representing higher ed technology leaders and CIOs, has a new cybersecurity program leader. Joseph Pochnan is the director of Educause's cybersecurity and privacy program. He started in the role in October 2022 and replaced Brian Kelly, who led those efforts for almost four years. He tells EdScoop's Lindsay McKenzie how he ended up at Educause and what's on his plate for his program going forward. So uh, I was a computer science major. Uh, I graduated uh, from Indiana University, and soon as I graduated from college, I took a professional position with Indiana University in IT support. I worked in IT support for 15 years, and then uh, it was right about 2014-15, I started to see uh, there was a change in the IT industry where there's much more focus on cybersecurity. And I thought, oh my goodness, I think I'd like to be a part of this. So I had a uh, a voucher for a cybersecurity training that was offered by my manager and said, hey, would you like to do this? And And she also said, you need to do this on your own time, not at work, because we've got a lot of stuff for you to do. So I... I did it on my own time and I was able to pass that test. It was a five or six hour test. And that was my first cybersecurity certification. And then I was able to use that in an interview for a cybersecurity position with a another group that is a sister organization to Educause called REN ISAC, the Research mm-hmm. Education Networking Information Sharing and Analysis Center. I worked there for five years. I moved into a directorship there. I'd learned so much in that five years at Ren ISAC. And then I had an opportunity to move to here to Educause. Could you tell me a little bit about your role at Educause and what that involved? Is there a typical day? Yes, there is a typical day. So uh, my role is prime. It's it's. There's two main parts of it. One of which I am the subject matter expert on cybersecurity and privacy at Educause. The other part of it is working with the information security and privacy communities in higher education. So, it, going back to your question, as as a typical day, I meet with the community groups and I spend a lot of time meeting and hearing from uh, our higher education partners and our constituents, listening to what their needs are, what they're seeing on the ground, and then offering tools and services that Educause has back to those groups or making a plan for new tools to help the community. Are there any priorities that you have right now in that work? In May, we're hosting the Cybersecurity Professionals and Privacy Conference that, that'll be May 1st through 3rd in Bellevue. So being part of that and trying to put on a cybersecurity conference after only been at Educause for a few months uh, had to be brought up to speed very quickly. So that's one of my short-term goals. And also, one of my goals is to, to focus in on cybersecurity and privacy education for not only the the workforce, but the individual student too. So bringing that IT support background and putting it as customer first in education towards 
making cybersecurity and privacy more relatable and understandable to the general populace of higher education. I know that EDUCORS has recently published a Privacy and Security 101 showcase. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is, what it contains, and how it might be used? So uh, it's it's for everybody in higher ed, and uh, I think it would also be for people in the information security industry as well as outside mm-hmm. of higher ed, our, our partners uh, as well. So it's kind of broken down into four main sections, and I'll, I'll go through each one of those. There's the intention protection connection. There's something called the transparency imperative, the compliance challenge, and then the last section is privacy by design. The intention protection connection is talking to higher education leaders about ensuring privacy on campus, explaining how they intend and collect and use their constituents' data. It talks about uh, protecting the intentions and sensitive data by using the technical and policy tools of cybersecurity. There's a really great interview with a privacy manager at ASU. His name's Ben Archer. And he talks about the role of data privacy literacy in higher education. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's the transparency imperative, talking about greater transparency along with clear guidance that can reassure students that institutions are using their data ethically and responsibly while also keeping their data secure. Uh, There is a a report in there for student data privacy security. It's called A Call for Transparent Practices. And the compliance challenge, that is talking about the challenges that we face with federal compliance, such as NIST 800-171, talks to how campus leaders need to understand what those requirements are, the ways those requirements might run counter to higher education's values of openness and collaboration. Mm -hmm. And we also have in that section a 800-171 toolkit that EDUCAUSE has published. And the last one, Privacy by Design, I hosted a webinar, I believe it was on Data Privacy Day. It was probably the Thursday, the 26th of January. It was called Privacy 101, How to Pursue Privacy by Design. I met with three higher education, cybersecurity, and privacy experts, and we had a wonderful hour-long conversation, and there were wonderful questions from the audience, and it was just a really great conversation about having privacy by design. For those institutions that are really at the beginning of this journey, um, are there any particular resources, you know, aside from the showcase that you would recommend people start reading or, you know, where do you start? So I think a good place to start uh, would be EDUCAUSE's 2021 Horizon Information Security Edition. So we had a Horizon report that we released in 2021. That's a very long document talking about what we were seeing into the future for information security. And within that document, there was actually an action plan for privacy. It was kind of a subset out there. Mm -hmm. And if you're at the very beginning, you need to, to start by, do you have an institutional review board? Do you have any type of data governance groups like a community of data stewards? Do you have those policies in places? What kind of data are you collecting? What kind of permissions are those are you granting? What data level, what classification of your data is there? What system is it on? What systems do they talk to? Just first of all, having an idea of where your data is, is a good place to start. 
But that only takes care of the problem of the data that you currently have. That's not going to help you where you're going to be a year from now. So that's going to be a conversation with your researchers about what kind of data they're collecting. Is that data actually necessary? Because you're only going to be compounding your problem the more data you're collecting if that data was not actually relevant. And if you go back to the Horizon Action Plan for Privacy, there is kind of a blueprint for what you can do in the short term, what you can do in the midterm. And part of it is getting an idea of where it's going to go. And like the end state would be having an ethics board. So that is probably the end state of, well, not end, but the most advanced state of going beyond just what is the bare minimum for understanding your data, but having those conversations with your faculty, having those conversations with students about what kind of data that is being collected and what kind of data that the student probably needs to push back on. Is this really necessary? I was filling out something for my children's uh, school and they were asking for like social security numbers for a field trip. I was like, no, that's not relevant. I'm not going to do that. That's silly. Or there was one draw a map of your house. Again, I mean, yes, it may be an elementary school, but do you really need to give the blueprint to your house over to someone? Those kinds of things. Every time you go to a doctor's office and you, you fill out that paperwork, there are questions on there that seem to have no relevance to your actual medical history that is just data that's being collected because it's always been collected, but it doesn't really make sense. How do you know how much data is too much data? I mean, we talked about being on the receiving end and feeling like what's being asked of you is excessive, but how as an institution do you decide what do we really actually need to ask for? Well, actually Educause does have a data classification toolkit that's available uh, on Educause's website. So part of that is, it's not necessarily the right question is, do we have too much data? It's make sure that you have the right data. How privacy and cybersecurity connected? What is the overlap there that institutions should be thinking about? They're kind of two sides of the same coin. So you've got the you've got information security is the how you do it, the actual operations, how you secure the data versus uh, privacy is what you are trying to secure. And it's interesting because sometimes they're in alignment and actually sometimes they're in conflict. And, and if you look at ransomware, we're at, ransomware is really interesting because it is using the process that is meant to protect your data to actually keep you from the data because you're using encryption to prevent the the attacker is using encryption to prevent you from getting to your own and data your own data so it is the process of what we develop to protect your data being used against you so sometimes they're in alignment and sometimes they're being used against you and uh, is uh, when you look at law enforcement privacy concerns are huge and being able to do things online anonymously but then when law enforcement is trying to track down someone that has done something illegal, we have used privacy to shield 
that person unintentionally from doing that illegal thing because we've been able to obfuscate, you know, where they're coming from. So again, they're related, but they're they're not the same. And and I think as going back to the beginning part of your conversation, as we mature as uh, an information technology, that privacy side is rising up and it is separate, but it is no less important. Going back to the long-term plans that I have at Educause is revamping the information security guide. Um, that is kind of the, the, the big project that's underneath uh, my portfolio. And that will be uh, a completely new interface. We're working on that and revitalizing all the content there. And also, um, I, and I think this is key to something we've touched on, it's not just about information security. It will be information security and privacy. So those two will be held up together and that'll be coming uh, in the next year or so as we're working on that. But that is that is a very big project that we're working on behind the scenes and looking forward to sharing that with our members. We do take submissions from, uh, from our members and put that into you know the library so to speak so it, it's not just content that's generated by educause it is content that is created and curated by educause mm -hmm. so we very much want our members to contribute to that and it makes it better because that way everyone can show what they're capable of Joe Pochnant, the director of EDUCAUSE's Cybersecurity and Privacy Program. You can read more about him and cybersecurity and privacy at edscoop.com and in links in today's show notes. The Cutting Edge Podcast is available at cuttingedgepodcast.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. This show is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help make it happen, and the entire team contributes. Until next time, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.